Well, good morning, Branches, and wow, what a great time of worship, and thanks, Mike, for leading us in communion this morning. Just a, just a quick announcement, I'm missing you guys. I'm missing seeing your faces. I'm missing seeing you in person, and so I've been trying to figure out how, how in the world can we connect, and emails and texts are good, but I'm going to start doing a thing that we're calling Tom Talks, and I'm not bringing any subject to the table, but I'm simply going to have a Zoom meeting on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m., and it's a 40-minute time just to hang out. And you can jump on there for five minutes. You could come for the whole 40 minutes, and it's just a time for us to see each other face-to-face, to talk with each other, to maybe share some prayer requests or share some some exciting things that are taking place in our life. So would you be willing to do that? And we'll post on our Facebook page and on our website the link for our Zoom meeting for Tuesdays. And we're going to start it this Tuesday at 6 p.m. I'm excited. I hope to see many of you there on that meeting. Hey, this morning I want to bring you a scripture, and it's the scripture of hope. And it's found in Revelation chapter 19, and it's verses 11 through 16. And here's what it says. It says, Then I saw heaven open, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe, at his thigh, was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. The book of Revelation bookends the Bible. And and what we see is in the beginning in all of creation, we, we were in paradise. There was paradise. And on the bookend of it, when when. God comes and his kingdom comes fully, we'll have paradise for all eternity. And I look at that scripture and we know that the rider of the horse was Jesus. We know that that in in these verses, I saw three things that were titles for him, faithful and true, the word of God, and then the final one, king of all kings and Lord of all lords. What a, what a thing to hope for for our future in this time of our life where we're uncertain about what's going on in our world. And we're even uncertain of when we will go back to a, a, like a, a life of just normalcy. What a way to lean into Jesus and know that when it's all said and done for all of eternity, he is king of kings and he is Lord and lords. And with that, Here's the question I want to pose for this morning. It's kind of the big question for this morning. And and the question that I want us to to ask ourselves and to try to answer is, is God the God of my today? Is God the God of my tomorrow? And is God the God of my forever? So today being Palm Sunday, what a great day to answer that question. Is God the God of my today, my tomorrow, and my forever? 
Palm Sunday is also known as the triumphant entry. It's the time when Jesus rode into town and crowds of people lined the streets to see him. If you lived in Warsaw, Indiana last fall, the high school football team went the furthest in, in its season that it has ever done in history. It went to the regionals. And so that specific day when the regional game was to happen, the, the players all loaded up in buses and they were going to take this two-hour drive down through Warsaw and then onto US 30 and head about two hours to Merrillville, Indiana to play that final game. And the community came out in, in droves of people and they lined the streets to cheer on the hometown boys. And with that, people were, were waving orange flags and people were, were um, waving their, their old uniforms if they were um, past players. There was somebody who had a, a scaffolding extended over the street holding up a flag. And my son got to be on that one of those buses as it was traveling. And he told me of the experience of how as they drove, they were like celebrities, people just screaming and yelling and cheering and honoring what they had done as a team for the season. There's been a few times where we've been on US 30 heading west and we've been maybe five, eight, nine miles outside of Warsaw. And out of the blue, my son will say, hey, dad, when we rode on the bus that day, people were still lined up even this far. And this is what was going on when Jesus rode into town on that, on that specific Sunday morning. Um, and for forever, people have lined up to cheer on or maybe even just to get a glimpse of somebody important or somebody famous. And this is what happened with Jesus. In all four Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they record the story of what they call the triumphal entry. And, and this was the day that, that started the week that we know as Holy Week, the day where, that started a week where Jesus would go and, and be tried, where he would die on a cross, and then ultimately he would defeat death and raise and walk out of that tomb and, and, and be the Savior for all mankind. So I want to read just out of John, the, the account that John wrote, as far as what they call the triumphant entry. And it says this, it says the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophet prophecy that said, don't be afraid, People of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. So here's the crowd, excited, the Messiah has come. It was obvious that all present had heard or at least heard, maybe even seen some of the works that Jesus has done. They had heard about Jesus turning water into wine. They had heard about the blind man that was able to see after meeting Jesus. They remember the story of the, the when Jesus drove the demons out of that man and they went into a, a group of pigs and jumped off a cliff. And then most recently for the, the people of that day, they knew of the story of Jesus going and raising his his friend, his buddy Lazarus, from the dead. And so they came out, they were pumped to see this guy who had done all these great things in their time. But to them, here's where they missed it. They missed it because for them, this guy coming into town, this Messiah riding in was going to be a Messiah to to rescue them politically. He was going to relieve them of 
the situation of life that was happening immediately, immediately around him. But here's Jesus riding in on a donkey to not only just rescue them in their hearts, but rescue them spiritually for all eternity. And there's something about that donkey. For me, I always think about why the donkey. There's something that seems meek and seems humble about the Messiah, the Savior, the the, the hero coming in, riding on the donkey. And when I picture a hero riding in to save the day, in my mind, I think of the Lone Ranger. I think of this guy with this, this mask covering his eyes so you can't really see who he is, riding in on this big, beautiful horse. And as he comes in, dust is being stirred up and, and he, he kind of whips around in the center of the town and the horse rears up on his back legs and gives a big old whinny. And then everybody cheers because the hero has come to town. But that's not what happened that day. For Jesus, he rode in on a donkey. And for many, this this symbolizes humility and peace. And for the crowd, this is where they missed it. They missed the point of the cross that was going to happen just a few days later. Most of them, like I said, what they wanted was they wanted to be relieved of this instant pressure of oppression from the Roman government. They, they wanted freedom from, from the pressure squeezing in on them because they weren't of, of, the, of those people. They were, they were Jews and, and they missed what Christ came and that was to restore back all of God's creation and save mankind for all eternity. Here's what I wonder. I wonder how many of those people that Sunday morning waving the palm branches and laying their cloaks down on the ground were the same people. And, and, they, and as they laid the cloaks down, they were shouting, praise God, Hosanna, our Savior has come, the Messiah has come. And I wonder how fickle that crowd might have been, that, that just a few days later, They were the same people yelling in the crowd, crucify him, crucify him. And when I think about the crowd who on on Sunday was screaming, praise him, praise Jesus, and, and laying down for him, and then I think that maybe they were a crowd that once he didn't give them what they were thinking they wanted, they were the ones yelling crucify. I think about us and I ask, are we the same way? When we hear about Jesus as the Savior, and, and because we know the end of the story, when we've heard about Jesus as the, as the Savior, when we know that he, he rose from the, the grave, defeated death, what do we say when we say, you are my Lord and you are my Savior? Are we saying that it's whatever you want, God? You're in control. You're in charge of my life for today, for tomorrow, or forever? Or do we say, hey, I'm going to accept the gift you have for me, but then I want life on my own terms. And with this, I, I just want to press in and challenge you. Will you answer the question, is God the God, your God, of today, of tomorrow, and of the future. And in the situation we're in, maybe it's easy for you to say, yes, God's my God today, because we are in a place of life right now where we're kind of pressing in to God for answers and for comfort. But what about tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow's easy because tomorrow we're going to be in the same situation we're in today. But what about forever? What about for the rest of our lives? Are we able to say, God, you are my God? 
Over the past couple of weeks, I've participated in a few meetings and, and prayer times with a, a group of pastors here in Warsaw. And one of the awesome byproducts that I find with COVID-19 is that it's bringing the church together. We're, we're un, unifying ourselves for the greater good of our community. And this is, this is really an exciting thing. But I'm hearing stories and, I, and I'm seeing people pressing in and asking God, God, would you heal our land? Would you heal our world? And here's my concern. My concern as God's people is, are we pressing into God because we need that immediate relief from a situation, just like the people 2,000 years ago? We need God to come in and save the day like the hero on the horse so that, so that we can go back to our own cushy comfort lives. Or are we asking God, God, we want you to come save the day and we're submitting our lives to you as, the, as our God forever, for the rest of our lives, for all of eternity. I'm hoping that this COVID-19 situation that we find ourselves in is a, is a beginning. And maybe for some of us, it's a continuance, but for some, it's a beginning of understanding God's love for all mankind. I'm hoping it's a, it's a time where we can set some things down in our life and say, from here on out, moving forward, regardless of what happens immediately, regardless of what happens with the pandemic, we are making God the God of our forever. And I want to encourage you today as, as we start off this week called Holy Week, would you make this, this commitment to, to just sit down and take a hard internal look and ask yourself, is God my God of my eternity? Is God forefront of my life? Am I completely submitted to him and to his will and his calling for my life? Regardless of the situation I'm in, regardless if things are going really well in my life, is God my God for everything? Here's what I want you to do. If you'll step in and do that, then what we can do is we can make personal commitments and say, God, yes, you are my God for today, for tomorrow, and forever. And as we move into to Good Friday and have a Good Friday service with the entire community, or and as we head towards Easter Sunday, we could come in just knowing where we sit in our relationship with God. We could come in excited next Sunday for, for Easter Sunday saying, we know the risen Savior is alive. We know that he is on the throne, and we know that forever he is King of all kings and Lord of all lords. I want to have a great week. Next Tuesday, this Tuesday coming up, meet me at six o'clock for, for Tom Talks, just a time to hang out and just to see each other. And then meet us for the Good Friday service that's, that you'll see us promote on our social media and our website. And then meet us next Sunday for Easter service, rejoicing and celebrating the risen Savior. Hey, Branches, have a great day just resting and worshiping the Lord. Have a great day with your family. And I'm excited to see you throughout this week in, in different points. See you soon.